2: You are listening to the Solar Panel, the Phoenix Sun Show.
1: Hey there and welcome to another live edition of the Suns Solar Panel. How is everybody doing this morning? I've got a full panel. Thank you so much everybody for coming on to the show on our live YouTube channel and uh, I want to welcome my big panel today, this is the solar panel, and we are making it a full panel because we got a lot to talk about. Uh, the, my First of all, I want to introduce my my regular co-host, Zona Hoop. How you doing today, man?
3: Doing great. Uh, you said it would take a village, and you got a whole village on the podcast, so off to a good start. That's
1: right. All right. I'm also joined here by a regular on the show and a regular in the chat as well as on the show, Jake Bonger, Coach Fallen Founder. How you doing today?
2: Uh, doing well. I, I don't know. Have you guys heard? Is there any news about Robert Sarver? I don't know
1: uh, has he been in been breaking the breaking lately? Yeah, he's breaking something. Uh, yep. <laughs> and our special guest, not that all of us aren't special, but this is a real special <laughs> guest. Good friend of mine. He's been sitting with me on Meteor Row watching this uh shit show of the Phoenix Suns for 10 years now. And uh, it's uh, we every whenever we think good things are happening. Something always pulls us back, and I wonder. We're going to talk about today what that something is. PLR, Paul Richardson, how are you doing today, man? I am excellent. Thanks for having me on this morning. I appreciate it. Yeah, we've been sitting next to each other on Media Row for years, and uh, this is this is one of those one of those news items that we really need to talk about together on this show. So thank you for coming on. Well, you are on the solar panel, everybody. Thank you all for joining. It's always free it's always fresh and it's always presented by the basketball podcast network we've got a live interactive show like this every saturday and we have midweek episodes with with guests uh so you've got to get you've got to get subscribed to our our audio pod because the midweek episodes are audio only uh and um at least for the first two days or so and then i'll put them up on youtube sometimes but they're audio only uh subscribe to that podcast feed and If you're here on YouTube today, hit that thumbs up. Give us a smash that thumbs up. It helps the algorithms, gets us seen by more people. If you're listening on the podcast, give us a rating and a review if you're on Apple Pod. That would be really wonderful. Thank you so much. All right. Let's dive into the show. Guess what? We have something to talk about, everybody. We have a Robert Sarver issue, don't we? Just a little bit. (laughs) It's been floating around here and there. (laughs) Jesus. All right, so to get everybody caught up, just in case you're on this show, but you haven't been paying attention to anything else in between the games other than watching the guys play, which they did this week, um, if you haven't been paying any attention, Robert Sarver has been accused of racism, of misogyny. Misogyny, for those who don't quite get it, is uh, treating people poorly, and uh, especially women and, and uh, um, sexual you know, harassment and things like that. Uh, there are a lot of accusations against Robert Sarver. This was printed by, it was written by Baxter Holmes of ESPN, and he spent a year doing background on this, interviewing current and former Sons employees about their experience with Robert Sarver. Robert Sarver, as we all know, is not a great owner to have. People have been wanting Robert Sarver to get out for a long time. But what none of us, really knew well some of us knew but none of us really knew that are outside the organization that he has he he basically is a uh basically a guy who's an old white man owner which means he feels like he can say anything he wants he can do anything he wants and he can get away with it with impunity because he has an ironclad agreement with his other owners to run the team they can't get rid of him Unless he does something incredibly egregious, and he wants to run the Suns, and no one's going to tell him not to run the Suns, so that guy just—he can do anything he wants. He feels like he can do anything he wants. According to these reports, he wants pantsed an employee in the middle of a uh, middle of a big all staff meeting. I don't know if any of you guys have been. Have you guys have you guys ever been pantsed? Raise your hand if you've been pantsed by somebody and uh, with a hundred people around. Oh, you been pantsed? <laughs>
2: Not, 100 100.
0: You're, you're Not quite 100. Not quite 100, but it
2: left a lot of room. Yeah. To interpret yeah, that. you did. Have you ever been pants in front of 100 yeah, people? Been, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You didn't yeah. like me. I I guess I didn't finish fast enough. So, well tell us uh PLR, tell me about the pants episode you've had.
0: Oh, basketball. Basketball locker, basketball locker room and uh I wasn't the only one. It was a uh, take turns pantsing. It was uh, probably one of the stupidest most most immature like 14 15 year old thing it was uh, oh you got pants ha, ha, ha.
1: you got okay, pants you were you oh. were
0: in your teens yes
1: yes you were not 53 the time well, i'm one. not
0: i'm not 53 yet so that would be kind of hard to right so you didn't yeah.
1: pants somebody when you were in your 50s no and you didn't get pantsed when you were in your in your 20s okay so no. this this wait so this is a bunch of boys running around a locker room pantsing each other
0: that exactly amazing. immaturity <laughs>
1: <laughs> coach
2: tell us about your pantsing episode uh well got uh so i was in a, a fraternity uh in college and uh and so yeah i mean just kind of like uh it, not kind of the horror stories that you read about but i mean like there was a uh, guys um uh, just kind of uh, messed around and and uh yeah like uh competitive sports and stuff like that and uh and it, if somebody's getting ready to take a big three pointer, and you go and you pull his shorts down, and you notice that he manscaped, then you know you've got a fraternity brother for life because he's taking real good care of it himself. See how I slipped that right in? <laughs> nice.
1: All right, Zona, no pantsings.
2: No,
3: actually, I have I was just waiting for you to finish the the full thing before raising my hand. Uh, not in front of a hundred people, but yeah, I was actually basketball locker room, uh, so I can relate uh, to Paul on that one. It's it was just kind of like a stupid, You're like screwing around. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, it's so pantsing in and of itself Not in front of like, all
3: my coworkers by my yeah. boss. So and well, and that. it's
1: <laughs> by peers, right? It's by yeah. your friends. It's by your teammates. Pantsing is not like that's something that's never happened. We've all been pantsed at some point in our life, but not generally by the CEO of our company at a company event when we're professionals and not in a locker room. I don't care if it's, the Phoenix suns as the organization, these are not. uh, So says Jay says he's pantsing Dave. Next time I say it. No, man, my, my belt's too tight. (laughs) Uh, Blaze Megatron. When you're six, 6'3, 230, Strangely, few people have ever tried to pants me. Well, you haven't been in a basketball locker room much, I guess. I don't know. Maybe you have, but um, they're all about that big. So anyway, yeah, we, this happens, but, it doesn't happen in a professional setting. I've been a professional world manager for thirty years. If I ever pants somebody at a company event, we have we used to before the pandemic have company events. If I ever did that, I would fire myself. I mean, I should get fired. There's no way I should show up the next day at work. And this is the this is the smallest. Of all the things, but it's the one thing that Robert Sarver admitted to after all those accusations. He denied treating women like property. He denied treating employees in general like property. He denied creating a toxic workplace. He denied saying the N-word, even if it was copying somebody else's use of it. It's still not appropriate. He denied everything rather than say, man, I really feel bad if people took how I treat them poorly and I'm going to make changes. And I apologize. He never said any of that. All he apologized for was panting another dude. That's the only thing he apologized for.
0: Thoughts? Well, okay. I've said, you and I have talked about this and, and, Honestly, I I hate to say it like this. I think we're going to have a five to eight month investigation. It's going to come back. Yeah, he did this or that. Looks if 70 people are saying something, it all isn't a lie, right? But it all isn't. And and I'm going to say this too, and I'm not taking Sarva's side, but it probably all isn't true either. You know what I mean? There's always a balance somewhere in there. But after this long, and I always say, what's the end game? What, what's, What's going to happen down the line? Five, eight months later, we're going to come out. Yeah, he pants someone. Yeah, he probably copied saying, it, uh, saying the N-word to somebody. And he's really sorry for what he did. We're going to send him to sensitivity training. We're going to uh, find the sons, $3 million, $4 million, and we're going to move on. Unfortunately, unlike the situation in L.A., there is no fire tape. There's no video hard copy. This is he said, she said, he said. And at worst, it's going to be you've been a crashed owner. You say crash things, and you need to stop that crap immediately. Otherwise, we're going to take away the protection umbrella. And just before we came on, when Larry Fitzgerald backs you up in the state of Arizona, in the city of Phoenix, honestly, you're going nowhere because that guy has been the face of sports in this city for what now? 10, 15 years, if not more? So if he's co-signing you, you really better come back with some fire gun um, to, to get ousted. So let's talk through this
1: really quick. Uh, and, and, you're, and you've are and you hit on some great points, PLR. Um, let's talk through. So what has happened since the article came out with, As many as 70 employees, none of them named. All right. They all went anonymous with one or two exceptions. I think there was one exception there, but none of them have been named, especially the most egregious situations. Um, All the owners, except one, all the co owners. Now, Robert Sarver is part of a partnership group. Um, There's Uh, I don't know, at least a dozen different owners with partial stake in the team. Sarver has the largest stake, and he has an agreement with those other owners that he runs the team. Um, All the other owners except one came out in support of Robert Sarver saying, yeah, he's a tough guy, but he's, he's not a racist and he's not a misogynist. That's his peers among the ownership group. What's also interesting is that folks like Monty Williams, Devin Booker, uh, Chris Paul hasn't said anything in particular, uh, but he did say we want to wait for this to play out. Uh, That's all the current James Jones. uh, There are a lot of Steve Nash, Steve Kerr, and now you say Larry Fitzgerald. All these luminary names in uh, the NBA with the Suns, related to the Suns have come out and said that they have never witnessed any of these things themselves and they support Robert Sarver as the owner. This is really interesting because a uh they're either turning a blind eye or he picks and chooses his moments. He does not look to be the guy who properly picks and chooses his moments. Uh the one one of the dudes who is who has welk is is happy to name himself in the accusations against Robert Sarver's former coach Earl Watson. PLR and I, we covered the team when Earl Watson was around. He did not really get along uh, with with the team. Obviously, as we all know, he ended up getting fired by uh, the Suns for, well, it should have been for cause, but it was actually because he wouldn't fire his own sports agent, the uh, Clutch Sports Agency. Uh, when Robert Sarver told him to. So he comes out and says Robert Sarver used the N-word and things like that. But that's that's it among the former employees. That's it among the former luminaries and Arizona luminaries who are coming against Sarver. PLR, does that mean that all these 70 witnesses, all these 70 people are lying?
0: No, it it, it doesn't. But it doesn't mean that they're all telling the truth either. You know what I mean? Look... Stories can change and embellish over 15 years. Stories can change and embellish over three years. Honestly, I can tell you right now, I played the greatest game of Madden ever in the early 2000s that no one would ever rival. But that I've embellished the amount of touchdowns over the last 10 years. So everyone's story changes a little. I'm not saying, listen, I think there's a different level of and I think we all need to get to this uh, of understanding there's a difference uh, of racism and comfort and being allowed to say things you shouldn't say. And I think a lot of that comes from surrounding yourself by certain people. Dave, and Dave, you and I have hung out. We, we've not just sat next to each other in, in press row, but we've gone out together. Uh, and, let me clean it up. It's not like we're parting, but we've had dinner together. We've gone out together. We've done things together. Our comfort level will allow us to say things to each other that that wouldn't be said around someone else. Now, if anyone has a hot mic at any time, one of us could probably get in trouble for what we would say. I think Sarver has an issue with not knowing his audience And when to say certain things, there are things that I can say to you that I can't say to someone else because they don't know me like that. And back in my corporate life, I used to tell people all the time, you have to understand you are always on stage. The mic is always hot. So no matter what you say, it's always hot. And if you say it to the wrong person, you're in trouble. I think Sarver has a problem maybe saying things to the wrong person people the wrong way and so no i don't think 70 people are lying no i think he had no i don't think he's this flat out you know clipper racist i think he has an issue with i'm cool with this guy i can get away with saying it or i'm your boss i can say this jokingly i think that's the issue more than um being a slumlord to minorities in Los Angeles because the two keeps getting compared.
1: Well, let's not. Yeah. Let's, let's go to the Sterling comparison in a minute, but I want to follow up on that. Uh, PLR you made some good points in that stories can get embellished over the years, but here's the issue. Here's my issue. And I, um, I'm going to, I'm going to turn it over to Zona and and coach here in just a second, but I've got to, I've got to respond with, here's the issue. If you, as the owner, offend your employees so much that 70 of them will come out and say, you know, that really made me uncomfortable. I really didn't like working there. I needed to get out. I needed to leave. I didn't like this guy. You're doing something wrong. I don't care about your impulse control issues. I don't care about how rich you are. I don't care about how many people you, quote unquote, own, which is not the kind of own that that people want to say or want to think it is, the worst kind. But it's certainly the I can do what I want and you have to take it kind of own because I'm your employer. That is not okay. And if 70 people are saying it's, you know what? You and I have talked to employee, current employees and past employees of the Suns. What do they all say in unison? Every single one of these employees have said, A, hey, sounds like Robert. I know exactly those stories. I was there for some of those things. And B, I never really personally heard the racism stuff. So the, the racism things were probably used out of context as far as it's probably not, uh, I don't know, there's different levels of it. If you use those kind of terms, then you are on some level, but not, uh, not necessarily in a big redneck kind of way. A lot of people have not heard that themselves but they don't they totally believe that he would have done it and even people who weren't in those stories there for those stories are like oh yeah that's robert i'm sure that happened 100 sure that happened so that is not okay that is not okay zona what do you think sorry we've been uh we've been doing all the talking so far tell us your story it's
3: been a great back and forth but uh yeah, I think this is a lot closer to the Cuban situation than it is the Sterling. There's no, like, damning, you know, audio or video evidence that I think could actually put them out. So, um, obviously, the stories kind of add up. It's been seventy interviews, and you know, all the past employees of, you know, people that I know that worked for the Suns too have kind of said, "Yep, this this is right in line with what I think this work environment's been." Um, but yeah, this, there has to be more for him to actually leave at this point where like the players and and staff have to step in and, uh, get something done, which hasn't happened. So I think based off of he said, she said, uh, I just don't think it's going to be enough to move the, like move the needle, but yeah, it's unfortunate, uh, timing and just, I think, uh, with how long this has been going on, like it's given Sarver a chance to kind of defend himself. Uh, shout out to Jordan Schultz for, leaking the story early uh that was that was very dumb i'd be pissed if i was a uh, baxter like bob said i'd punch him in the face uh bob young said that
1: a couple, couple of weeks ago. ago yeah yeah um, yeah.
3: But yeah i think right now as things stand i just don't think it's enough <clears throat> hopefully uh well not hopefully but i think there's a good chance that more comes out in the following weeks and the nba investigation we'll see what takes place but but yeah it's it's tough to see this really moving the needle
1: Coach.
2: yeah uh, i i think you know you guys have hit it you know if there's smoke there's fire to a degree um and so i i expect the investigation to be ongoing i expect more people to come forward and say you know there was inappropriate comments made uh or you know i felt uncomfortable in the workspace but uh, it, it's it's interesting I'm, i don't want to make light of it but it's um something that a lot of us all know is <clears throat> The court of public opinion and uh, any type of PR battle. Sarver is not a very popular owner uh, of the Phoenix Suns. Uh, If you looked at the Twitter sphere as soon as this article came out, it was finally we're going to get rid of Robert Sarver and we're going to get a good owner. Uh, Now, if this stuff came out about Larry Fitzgerald, I'm going to guess that most of the people on Twitter would have said, oh, that doesn't sound like Larry. Larry's great. And uh, or or if Larry said that he was just joking around Uh, because you can you can buy yourself a little bit of uh, kind of breathing room on that stuff. Uh, When I first read uh, the article, I was like, wow, that's pretty terrible. But then there was a a very popular show uh, for a long time called The Office and Michael Scott made things that if it was in real life you would have said oh my god this guy should have been fired a million times yet people kept watching the show saying Michael Scott's the best isn't he I mean he says such nobody says Robert Sarver's
1: the best though no
2: exactly that's the thing but if you substitute (laughs) everything that Robert's accused of with Michael Scott having done it you're like ah yeah I get it and and that's why I think you see people like a Larry Fitzgerald just being like I've, you know, it doesn't, I don't know what's going on here. Like uh, I see Devin Booker just said in all my years here, I haven't noticed it, but it is something to take serious. And I, I think that that's where it's going to come down to is it, can they find something big there? Is there, is there a tape? Is there some uh, stronger report? Because uh, you know, I don't know when, so when I was growing up, uh, of course, uh, my mother never wanted me to say any bad words ever. Uh, but if I ever did them when I was quoting somebody, if I said, oh, this kid said the F word, but I said the actual word. And I said, but don't worry, mom, I'm, I'm just quoting what he said. I could avoid getting that uh, disciplinary uh, uh, look and, and stern like punishment of like, how dare you use bad language? So I don't know if Robert just thought that he was cool and that he can just say what other people say. in and, and he just... Is an idiot like Michael Scott, um, right? But uh, you know that—that's—I uh, don't know if yeah. There, there's there's a different lifestyle that the the people with I hate to say a lot of money like Robert think that they usually can just kind of get away with, and that could be pantsing an employee in front of a uh, hundred uh, of their peers, whereas any work environment that I'm guessing the rest of us have all been into as we discussed before, if your friends do it and you're out playing a pickup game uh, and you're, you know, 18 years old. Okay. But if you're in a professional office work environment and somebody says, Oh, I'm calling a meeting and and then somebody pantses you along the way in front of everyone. That's usually when HR has to get involved.
1: Yeah, man, if you're, if you're going to go to office managers from the office, it's like the idiocy of Michael Scott combined with the, Inhumanity of Robert, California. So let's.
2: Oh. And yeah. uh, Todd, Todd Packer. Uh, if you remember. Todd the Packer. <sighs> like, Michael, yes! you're the oh, say this about all the women. If in Todd
1: Packer was a multimillionaire <laughs> given money to open a bank by his dad, that and would be okay. Robert Sarver.
2: We're all just Toby, right? We're all just Toby Flenderson sitting in the back going, Jeez. come on, man, are you serious? Oh, yes. <laughs> you can't do that.
1: <laughs>
0: Todd Packer, okay, we've decided. <laughs> hey, hey, Dave, can I, can, I, can I ask a question real quick? Uh-huh. Let, let me ask you this. I'm going to actually reverse this a little bit. You said if it was Larry Fitzgerald and this came out, we would be like, oh, man, he didn't mean it, or we, we'd come to his defense. Is it easier to accept everything because of Sarver's reputation? Is it easier to accept he's done all these things? So, so that's the way the human brain works. That's not
1: because we want it to happen, right? Because that's exactly PLR. Yeah. Yeah,
2: So that's
0: a good point. You know, so, so my question is when, when I saw the tweets too, like, you know, take the team, we have to start to separate. And this is where I say we have to, you know, Twitter isn't always a bunch of adults, you know, he, sometimes there's a guy with like two he's followers. adults are
1: not adults on Twitter.
0: <laughs> exactly. So we have to kind of break this down, I think, and say, okay, here's a guy that owns a team worth $2 billion. Is the NBA going to sever relationships over him because he said something we could send him a sensitivity training for? Yeah. Are we going to sever ties because he's a lousy boss, which people that work for him in his bank business said he's a lousy boss and he's demanding and he says stupid things. Are we going to sever ties with him because he doesn't know the difference between a 14-year-old prank and a 50-year-old prank? Are those things we're really going to sever the ties for? Or do we need something humongous? And I honestly don't believe humongous is there. And and that may, you know, that, that could swing either way. I just don't think humongous is there for him. I think it's easy to believe that he said these things, did the things, uh, the 70 people live, but then if I'm his attorney, I'm going to say, I've employed, he's employed over 20,000 people, 70 don't like him. You do that number with anybody in the world, there's going to be 70 people that don't like you. So 70 out of 20,000, we'll take that, big deal.
1: So let's go through that. What what's happened here with these NBA investigations. The NBA is launching an investigation. They are going to have people come in and interview current and probably the former employees. They're probably going to ask the ESPN person to reveal sources. The ESPN person will say, no, you do your own investigation because that's what he's supposed to do as a, as a journalist. Um, but the NBA will come in. They'll talk to people. If the people feel like now here, let's let's let me shift the conversation for a second to the people. OK. There are people involved. There are employees involved here. The, 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 um, what's come out from the NBA is none of the Suns employees have ever complained to the NBA overall. And what you're supposed to do as an aggrieved employee is go to your human resources. And then if you can't, go to some superior human resources if you can. And then that's the NBA league office. League is saying they've never, through their channels, both anonymous and non-anonymous, have ever heard a complaint come from a Suns employee about how they're treated by Robert Sarver. What does that mean? Again, I've worked in the corporate world for a long time. That could mean one of two things. A, the person is completely making it up for the sake of the journalist who called them at home. And it never happened. Or B... They don't believe that the NBA or the Phoenix Suns HR department is going to do anything good for them by them coming forward. I've dealt with this in the corporate world. If people don't trust HR because they think HR is in the pocket of the owner or the or the man, senior management, they don't go to HR because they know it's going to get out. They know the the team, the 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 people that you're complaining about are going to retaliate against you because usually you're coming from a bottom-up situation. You're complaining up. If you're complaining up, you don't go to HR because you know they're going to retaliate. It just happens no matter how hard you work about work on your corporate culture. There are always people who feel like they can't talk to HR because they're going to get retaliated against for it. If you got 70 current and former employees, this is a problem. I mean, I I wouldn't go to
3: HR either. If one of the reports was that, a woman was sexually harassed and their their solution was move mover desk so uh yeah not the greatest solution there but uh yeah i think hr is always very complex in terms of you know are they in the owner's pocket is everything going to go upstairs can i actually share with what's happening right now um and a lot of people avoid that just out of embarrassment too from co-workers and stuff like that so that's probably why you're seeing more people speak up and maybe Uh, That story leads to people that have been holding stuff out for years, like come forward in the next few months in these investigations. So uh, I think there's a lot more that's going to come. Will it be enough to actually get him to sell a team or get him to move, uh, get the NBA to step in? That remains to be seen. It just depends on how much more and and what the criteria is. Coach?
1: Yeah,
2: I I mean, I just – uh, I, I think HR is always, you know, it's the double edge because they're supposed to be there to kind of weed out the cultural issues in the office workplace. However, their employer is still the company. Uh, you know, it's still the Phoenix mm-hmm. Suns organization. So they need to protect the product. And so if uh, you're the one person complaining and nobody else complains about somebody uh, and that person is a valuable asset to the organization it's a difficult thing for them to do anything other than you, you anytime I've, I've been around hr they'll always say well have you tried to start a dialogue or we could facilitate a dialogue and it's like no i don't want to facilitate a dialogue i want you to tell this person to knock it off or make this stop um and you no know, it's it's the awkwardness because then it's the, they won't come out and say like sometimes we'd rather just cut our losses with an employee but at the end of the day they're they have to be as neutral as possible, but they also have to still get a paycheck at the end of the day, too, from the organization. And uh, uh, But one, one other thing uh, before it slips my mind, too, uh, if only because I made the office, office reference before, one of the other accusations that Robert had was that he had a picture of his wife in a bikini, and he sent it around the workplace. And there's a famous Michael Scott when he takes Jan's picture and sends it around the workplace. <coughs> and that was the thing that really thought, made me think this. Was, he he thinks he's Michael Scott because he's just like, hey, here's a picture of my wife. Does everybody want to see it? No, we're good, man. You don't have to show yeah. it to us. And uh, No, no, I'll just forward it to General All at Sons.
3: Hey, man, you're, you, you're, gonna, you're ruining the office for me. Now I'm going to think of uh, Sarver every time I think of Michael Scott.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, it's, it's,
1: it's, it's tough, because Michael Scott actually has a human side. That was one of the better yeah. parts of his, his character. Um, but yeah, I'm glad Todd Packer got written out of the show after a while. I wish okay. Todd get written out. Okay, so yeah, uh, people are going on about the HR part. Um, PLR, tell me about your, your experiences with, uh, with HR and what you think might be happening about the fact that people haven't complained all the way up to the league level.
0: I think HR is is actually one of the. I said this for years working in corporate. They are um, tied to basically what what Coach just said. You you the owners and the HR HR basically works for the owner at the end of the day. The commissioner works for the owners at the end of the day. So they can't do anything that the other owners is not going to allow. So if you go to HR. If, if I go to HR right now, say I work for, I don't know, pick pick any company, and I say the, the guy that runs everything was in my office saying some really crazy stuff, he's not getting fired. They're going to make the HR call no. and say, yo, dude, knock it off. Whereas if my direct manager is doing it and I have it on tape, they're going to say you're fired. There, there's, there's a difference. So people go to HR based on their comfort level for what they think they can get accomplished. Some people go to HR because they know if they complain about the higher up, not only will their job be saved, but maybe they get a settlement to go elsewhere. There's different levels of, of doing stuff. I I know in the past, I know someone that complained. I, personally, I know someone that complained. They actually wrote them a check to leave, and this was at a, a fortune – 500 company because it was on a higher up that they were just simply not going to let go. So they gave them a check to walk away and sign a disclosure to say, we won't talk about this again. So there, well, there's that's a what lot of
1: Holmes wrote that several employees have told him is that or, or that they either heard of or were somebody who signed an NDA and they can't go yeah. on
0: record because of that. So it, nothing surprises me. It, it I, You know what? I'm not, I'm not quite as old as Dave, but nothing surprises me that I hear anymore.
1: Probably about a week, maybe.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's not go that far. Yes, we have two generations on
0: this panel right now. Okay, so. But yeah, nothing surprises me. And so HR is HR is good. And, and I'll, I'll throw my old company under the bus. I don't care. Wells Fargo was known. If, a, if an employee went to HR... That employee, they would bend over backwards to try to make that employee happy because they don't want bad pub. If anyone in, in mid management or lower management went to HR, it was like grow up, run your division. So yeah. it 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 depend, it depends on who you were going to to human resources. So I, I this
1: this just reinforces my belief that these things happened. He made an uncomfortable workplace. He made people feel like they shouldn't be there. Uh, didn't want to be there anymore when working for the Suns was their dream. And that's why they got those jobs. And so it, it is frustrating. It's not unusual. There are a lot of companies like that, but Robert Sarver is a unique individual that makes it a little bit worse than it it could have it should have been that right there to me is a reason to replace the guy in charge. All right, quick break here. NFL fans. Are you hungry for a big win this week? You've been gambling, and now you just want to get more and more money. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets of your own. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. They win on on your $5 bet. They win. You get $200 in free bets. And you can play for huge cash prizes all season long with daily fantasy sports contests on DraftKings. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. That's T-B-P-N. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and you win $200 in free bets. They win, you win with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only. Arizona's fine. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. M- one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER you don't you can't in in the rest of the world you don't leave somebody in charge for being that bad of a boss that you create a toxic workplace that nobody can report to but let's go through what the league thinks now the league is a collection of guys just like Robert Sarver 30 of them who run their teams any way they want to run them and <clears throat> they have full impunity and the only cop they have basically is Adam Silver but Adam Silver reports to the Board of Governors, which is the owners. And so the only reason Adam Silver is ever going to step in is if it's so egregious that all the other 30 owners can look look at each other and say, that's worse than anything I would ever do. You know why they have to be able to say that to each other? Because if you get out an owner who is just kind of doing a lot of the same things you do or or you just don't you, know, you don't want the league to be able to subjectively interpret how you treat your employees and how you go about your business you're opening yourself up to getting ousted in the future if you become one of the guys one of the lynch mob you can be lynched in the future or one of the one of the carrying pitchforks you can be somebody who's the pitchforks are against you next time you know that's just that's just crazy that these owners think that way but Mark Cuban said back when Donald Sterling who was on record using all the worst language possible, was a lifelong, career-long racist. And Mark Cuban even didn't want to vote him out. And then we find out later, Mark Cuban's not the greatest owner in the world either, and he got investigated, and all he got was a slap on the wrist. So I just don't get it. I don't get it, man. I, I um, but I, I, I get it, but I don't get it.
2: Yeah, I think it, it to echo something that uh, PLR talked about at the beginning, and this is something that, you know, in, in my line of work, we, we talk about all the time is uh, there can be a hot mic anywhere. You are always, being, especially in, in modern day. I mean, if uh, if you listen to stand-up comedians now, they talk about the the uh, the age of the smartphones because y- you could be up on stage and everyone is recording you. And then you can leave the stage and everyone could still be recording you. And so I, I could understand it from... Uh, A owner's type deal where, you know, they would sit there and uh, not excusing uh, Sterling at all, but just like, oh, shoot, I've said some things in the past. I've done some things in the past that aren't the best. I don't I'm not proud of it. So I don't want other people coming at me saying, you know what? We, We found this out. 20 years ago that you did this. So we're, we're coming for you now. And, uh, and so I think they're just a lot happier to just say, Hey, you know what? Um, Can we find them? Can we discipline them? And can we move on and focus on uh, the general NBA product? Um, I, I think that's kind of their approach to it. It's just like, I'd hate it if everyone turned on me. Yeah.
0: That's why presidents always pardon past presidents, because every president has done dirt. And you will never see a president, no matter how crappy the one before him was, go after him because they know in their four years, they're going to do some crappy stuff that could get them out. So they always pardon each other. Owners will always pardon each other. It's just, just the way it goes. Yep. Rich people stick together. They do.
1: They do. And unfortunately, that's what we've got. So the likelihood here is that unless there's a grassroots uprising from some level, Robert Sarver stays where he is. Now let's talk about that report that Jalen Rose was on uh, ESPN the other day, uh, just yesterday, I think. And he just dropped a bomb in the middle of a little rant about Robert Sarver. Jalen Rose uh, played for the Suns for a year, never got on the court, has spent the last, to be fair, he spent the last 10 years complaining about everybody with the Suns, including Mike D'Antoni not playing him, the team not playing any defense, all these, things, all these negative things you can possibly do. Um, Jalen Rose has not been a fan of the Suns organization. He drops that Robert Sarver didn't wa- did not want to pay DeAndre Ayton because, he, because, and in Robert Sarver's words, apparently, through Jalen Rose, he was a lazy N-word. This is Robert Sarver says that N word is not part of his lexicon. And, he, and if he ever used it, it was only because he was quoting somebody else.
3: Yeah. And that wasn't in the story. So that's either a bombshell or something he was just kind of making up as he went. I don't think Jalen would just throw that out there unless it was legit. Um, Hopefully, because that's a pretty big acquisition to just kind of throw out there. So maybe this goes back to the point that there's more that we don't know about. And, uh, just the way he casually dropped it on air is pretty crazy because that would have been one of the – I think if that was in the story, that probably would have been the closest thing to the smoking gun. Could have been could the have headline.
2: Had. Yeah. One of my concerns with this is uh, – and, and this actually reminds me of a tweet from uh, uh, our friend So Says Jay that, that everyone should go to law school and, and figure out the law so that we can all uh, – play uh, uh, weekend lawyers uh, on these types of issues and what, what's uh, what's allowed in the workplace or not. I think that's what he tweeted. But um, Jalen Rose, Earl Watson, and some of the other people that have come out that used to work for the Suns organization, the first knock against them is unfortunately going to be they have a motive to be upset with the Suns organization. Jalen did not like his time in Phoenix. Earl Watson was fired. And so until it becomes somebody that left on their own accord, like Ryan McDonough just came out and said, I'm not really sure, but I support the people who who have the stories and I support Mm -hmm. them having come out and said it. Um, You know, you're going to need some people that just happen to be in the organization and then they went to somewhere else. They weren't fired or uh, let go or something like that, or somebody's still in the organization. Um, But until that happens, if if Jalen's releasing things and Earl Watson's releasing things, you know, it's, it, people are going to sit there and say, well, but you kind of have an ax to grind, don't you?
3: And I will say uh, Watson's timing was, was pretty bold because he did this uh, over a year ago before uh, he even had a job back in the NBA. So for him to go on the record like that and not knowing the story was going to drop, that puts himself at risk to not get hired back in the NBA. So um, yeah, I listened to like the Chris Haynes pod about this and, They're just kind of talking about that, how he had he kind of almost like forgot about the story. And then it just popped up like a year later. So uh, I thought that was interesting.
1: Yeah, this is some pretty scary times, really. Um, So can you guys uh, let's talk about this. So say nothing happens with Robert Sarver. Um, He gets a slap on the wrist. He probably uh, what I'm guessing. Here's what I'm guessing. What I'm guessing is that he's going to do an investigation that takes way too long. They're going to come out. And what's going to have happened is he's probably going to be told to hire a new HR manager um, with, with, with you know, special powers of some sort uh, to run the team. He was already told to hire Jeff Bauer to help general manage the team for a year. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's told to hire an HR person, a high-profile HR person, and then maybe find and told to... Um, go to sensitivity training and pay for employees to go to empowerment sensitivity type trainings and stuff like that. That's, I think, the worst that's going to happen in my opinion. You guys, tell me, what do you think? Can you still be a fan of the Phoenix Suns knowing that this guy is in charge of your team? Let's start with you, BLR. Yeah.
0: Yes. I mean, Maverick fans are still fans of the Maverick. Mavericks with, um, <laughs> with Cuban there. This, this really sounds more like – a Cuban situation, to be perfectly honest with you, and you left some parts out, Dave. So we 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 have to clean some stuff up. Uh, he's going to be told to hire a new HR manager that will either be black or a female. He's he's going to send people to sensitivity or training or or both. So maybe Michelle it, Roberts will be the new chief of operations after she I, retires. I'm, honestly, sometimes I think it's so overtly obvious in its stupidity that we're going to go all the way to the other side. You know what? You are known to be a racist, so we're going to help prove that you're not, and we're going to go ahead and create this situation that shows we're going to have a cape for the other side. So not only are you going to hire a woman, but she's going to be a Black woman from Puerto Rican descent who grew up in South America, whose dad came from the Middle East. It's gonna be something ridiculous like that. So you can Kamala check Harris. every every single box. And and honestly, maybe it's just me, but sometimes I find that that more insulting than than affirmative. Not talking about the person who's getting the job thinking they're not gonna do a good job. I'm not saying that, but I, I find it insulting. That's like you you okay. go and hey, hey, you know what. I really do have a black friend. Let me show you. I can bring three of my, <laughs> my black friend guests on this show. To me, that's really what you're what you're doing, and I I bet that's what is going to end up happening um, up down the line. And we'll we'll see the slap on the wrist, the the new HR, like you said, but there'll be someone of color or or agenda, something like like that.
3: Yeah, I think you nailed it. That's probably what's going to happen with how things stand. Unless something new pops up, I just can't see it going past that. Um, unless the league just really is invested in moving on from kind of this cloud uh, that follows Sarver. And, you know, his reputation kind of I feel like for years now, like the league's not really been a fan of his, but there's been nothing to really move the needle. And to me, it's it's still kind of sitting in that that Cuban spot. And until something new pops up, it's just really hard to see it changing. Um, but A week from now, there could be a lot more that's out there. So who knows? Uh, It's a very fluid situation, and we'll see how this investigation goes. But I know it's going to be dragged out for a long time, and uh, I'm already annoyed by it, and it's probably going to only get worse as time goes on.
1: Can you still be a fan, Zona?
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. you got to compartmentalize that. Uh, He's not the players. He's not the coaches. You know, just I don't think anyone's liked Sarver in the first place. Like, throughout this, like, whole run, this whole finals run, everyone's kind of – you know, kind of ignored him, I would say, and just kind of enjoyed like what's been going on. And for him, it's like, you know, finally, like I saw fans last year just starting to say like, can we forgive Sarver? Is it time to forgive Sarver just because of the team's success? And then this drops and it's like, we're back to square one now. So yeah, you can still be a fan. It's not, uh, if you can't separate the two, I that's all I think we should you.
1: establish though that the players and other people in the NBA know what's what. Every yeah. single person I've talked to, says none of that story is new about sarver they just never some of those some of the stories they hadn't heard before but everything rang true so Mm -hmm. to say that this is going to hurt the suns as a like a competitive professional franchise no robert sarver's done enough we're we're suns fans
3: not sarver fans
1: so right we're suns fans and every other player in the league already knows what's what with robert sarver and they decide whether to sign or not if you think That's hurt the Suns' ability to assign people or acquire people in the past. It probably has, uh, but it won't change now. Um, It won't change going forward. It just is what it is. Uh, So if you are a fan of the team itself, be a fan of the team. That doesn't mean you're a fan of the owner. Uh, Coach, what do you think? Can you still be a fan?
2: Oh, absolutely. And and I, I, I thought that was actually a very deep question, Dave, uh, that, you know, can you be a fan uh, of the team? I mean, I think of any sport, right? If, um, you know, uh, Michael Vick, when he played for the Atlanta Falcons and the and the dogfighting incident took place, Atlanta Falcons fans didn't abandon the organization saying, well, that one quarterback did that one bad thing, you know, and that, so it's kind of, that. that's a, an interesting question in and of itself. What are we fans of? Are we fans of the owner? Are we fans of the players? I mean, we we obviously went through a whole decade of terribleness where a lot of those players, with the exception of Devin Booker, aren't there anymore. So, I mean, we're obviously still a fan of, I think it's an idea, honestly, of what we're a fan of. The Phoenix Suns uh, as an idea of a team in Arizona. I don't live in Arizona, but it's just always been my team since you know, the early 90s. And so... Whoever comes and plays, whoever comes and coaches, who's ever the general manager, and even when the ownership train changes hands, my my fandom remains the same. Uh, but uh, PLR, just uh, I think you need to expand it a little bit more. In your example, I think we're going to need um, to change the name to Low Suns uh, for every game from moving forward, and we're going to need to hire somebody for Chinese expansion uh, and then PR relations because we really got to hit the two uh, additional markets. All the markets tokens got to be more. in there. Exactly, it's it's an opportunity for expansion.
3: Hey, we, we could use a G-League team down in Mexico. They're opening, so there you go. That's another
2: route. <laughs> That's an episode for another time now. we got to discuss that again. <laughs> That's right.
1: All right, guys, I think we've beaten this one down. Unfortunately, uh, it's going to be in the news for weeks, and if not months, uh, so we'll yep. talk about this again. Let's move on to the second quarter. PLR, you're welcome to stay if you want to, but I totally understand if you want to get out just – Take yourself out whenever you want, but feel free to stay. We're going to talk about basketball from now on. Let's focus on the basketball team because we decided that we can still be fans of the basketball team, regardless of what is happening with ownership. And on the basketball team, what we're seeing is a really up and down performance so far this year. And what, what I'm really struggling with is... That second unit, the leadership, the the ball movement on that second unit, Cam Johnson, has kind of become an afterthought. Landry Shamit, until he made some shots, had become an afterthought. Um, And I think it revolves around, in my opinion, it revolves around the backup point guard. So I want to throw it out to you guys. What do you think of the pros and cons of Alfred Payton versus Cameron Payne as the backup point guard and how badly – do we need campaign back as soon as possible plr will start with you since you're still here
0: i know i haven't I haven't kicked myself out i've i figured i may as well keep the 25% of the group intact so that way you're not uh, moving the black dude off the show before he gets to talk oh, yeah, basketball, that's right, man. A. <laughs> <laughs> a.k.a. Robert
2: Sarver. <laughs> Wouldn't that
0: be typical of podcasting?
1: That when it comes time to talk basketball, the black dude can go.
0: <laughs> I, 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 it, it, in terms of campaign, I think they need him. Um, it, it's It's not just skill, it's energy, and Cam brings a certain energy off the bench. I think Alfred Payton, in all honesty, has done a decent job. Um, He's a lot better than what they had last year if Cam Payne wasn't on this team, Uh, but Cam has a certain energy and and the ability to know when to score, when to pass, with this team anyway, uh, to get them going. I think that's something that's missing. Uh, Without him there, we're seeing a lot more of not just – Alfred Payton, but a lot more of like Nader. And let's be honest. I think, I think with the second unit too, uh, coach Monty Williams is trying to figure out who can do what early in the year, because the other night he had an, a, a lineup out there. And I know I was sitting next to you, Dave, and I was like, who's going to score. So I think he's, he, he's, he's touching and feeling and seeing what's happening. And, and if we look back over the teams that go to the finals, that first three four weeks out the gate, they kind of struggle a little bit, and they try to get their footings. And I think that's really where the sons are. And when you're missing someone like like campaign, I think it, it just it hurts you more than than helps you. But when he's back, I think that energy comes back, and they'll be fine.
3: Yeah, I I agree. The energy is like the main thing. Uh, anytime he gets hot or they go on a big run, usually it starts with campaign. Uh, whether that's just you know showing passion or leading a fast break, picking up the pace, moving the ball. Um, Alfred Payton's done great as a third-string point guard. He's done what you'd expect him to do, but at the same time, he has the lowest net rating on the team. It's like minus 12.7, and that's by a pretty wide margin. Um, and it's also leading more Nader minutes, like you mentioned, which Nader's been pretty abysmal this season. So I think it, when Payne's healthy, we're going to see more three-guard lineups in that second unit. And uh, the other main point I want to touch on is just the chemistry. I feel like the second unit – has kind of been kind of up and down with, with Peyton and Payne um, coming in and out of the rotation. So once Payne's back, I think you're going to see that second unit flow a lot better. Uh, Payton's not really your ideal like point five system guy. He kind of needs the ball in his hands to get to do what he does out of the pick and roll and stuff like that. So if he can just like learn to kind of make quicker decisions, I think that'll help. And I think there's times where he does, like when he's playing with Booker, I like that a little bit more than when he's playing with like someone like Shamit who hasn't really – uh, showing those like ball skills yet, but, but yeah, overall they're definitely missing pain. And once he's back, I think we'll kind of see that energy pick up in the the second unit.
2: Yeah. I think for the short term, um, absolutely. Alfred uh, uh, is, uh, he's actually surprised me. Maybe it's, I had horrible expectations. I really did not like that. He, even though he's getting a minimum contract, I was terrified that uh, he was coming back to play for the Suns. Even the break the glass in case of emergency uh, version of him. But uh, I mean, watching the Rockets game, I was like, gosh, he moves the ball pretty well. And he's still got that little shot that looks like he doesn't even care if it goes in or not, where he just tosses it up and it was actually going in. And uh, I think, it, yeah, it, it it he's doing pretty well for what I guess my expectations were. Uh, moving forward into the season, obviously in the playoffs, I don't want to see him. And I think a, <clears throat> a concern would be, uh, with JaVel McGee with him um, because they both kind of do that little, just flick it up at the basket and hope it goes in uh, and then try and get a tip in type shot. And that's where campaign's really going to come out and be a little bit better. He's going to help spread the floor a little bit more. He can hit the three a lot more consistently. Well, Alfred El- won't even shoot it anymore. Uh, but if you're going to play with JaVale, I don't think you can have Alfred in that same, uh, you know, second unit coming off because uh, if Cam Johnson shots aren't going in, then, then you just have everybody just trying to flick the ball up at the hoop and hope something goes in. So kind of like PR said, who's going to, who's actually going to make the shots? Landry Shamit was hot against the Rockets. I mean, just showing up and he just looked like, yeah, I I deserve to be out here and get more minutes. I hope he keeps that mentality moving forward because that will really help that unit. Yeah. Yeah, I have two
3: two hilarious stats. I just want to, sorry cut you off. I just have two hilarious stats I want to share. I know it's early in the season, but Ah uh, Javel McGee has a six percent higher usage rate than DeAndre Ayton right now and Alfred Payton has a two percent two and a half percent higher usage than Chris Paul. So that's where we're at a little too much Alfred and, and JaVale. Uh, that'll balance out as the season goes on though.
1: They are two of the top three in usage. We talked about that last week. Uh, that's it's the, the thing is Alfred Payton is good at getting into the paint. And JaVale is good at scoring when he touches or putting the shot up when he touches the ball. What that ends up doing, though, is freezing out the rest of the guys. I mean, the the Suns have been at a three-point deficit all season. They For the first game all season, seven games in, they finally outshot on three-pointers against Houston and outmade on three-pointers. They had not done that once all season until then and last year they averaged the average was that they had outshot and out out made uh the other team on threes and so the suns are really at a deficit there the threes still do count more than twos and um, JaVale, especially as being a 50 percent free throw shooter and and alfred not being a great free throw shooter as well that's kind of hurt the suns overall um so even though those guys are putting up stats i don't need i don't know that they're they're positive stats at this point, unless there's more balance on the team. So I'm looking forward to campaign. I know he's not the greatest passer in the world either, but he really gets the ball around. He knows the point five offense real well, and he keeps the ball moving. And that's what, that's, what's important. I actually, um, I, I, I have loved the effort that Frank has been putting in. He's he and Mikel are two of the better, um, uh, performers so far this year off, off the bench. And uh, because Frank is a connector because he doesn't have to do all the scoring. He's been scoring when he needs to, but he doesn't have to. He he moves the ball. And I like seeing that ball move around. So um, so let's let's take a vote when campaign is back fully. uh, Do you ever want to see Alfred Payton again? PLR.
0: Sure. I have nothing against what he's doing. I mean, he's a third string point guard. So just that in itself means we'll see less of him, the person I'd be more interested in saying less of right now until his game develops more is is Nader, to be perfectly honest with Nader you. Alfred Payne. his game ain't developing. Uh, so, I, <laughs> hey, I just, I like, I just, I just wonder. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm not trying to be a hater. I just, maybe, maybe Monty Williams is seeing something that I'm not. I just don't see what he's giving. I, I, I again, I'm not trying to be a hater. I just. Don't see it, but to answer your question, we will see less of Payton just because he's third string. So, yes, we will see less.
3: Yeah, in a perfect world, uh, we don't see him at all. Just And it's not a knock on him. He's done fine. But I think with Paul and, and uh, Payne and Shamit and Booker, your guards are kind of set. Um, but if I had to choose between him or Nader playing, I would pick Payton, go with the three-guard lineup if you have to. Um like I'm not trying to hate on him either, but he like nader has like a thirty nine point seven true shooting percent right now Ugh. uh two assists on the season and also a very turnovers. high usage
1: rate <laughs>
3: yeah he he just has tunnel vision and like you can't have that in this offense. It would be one thing if he was getting to the rim and scoring, but he's not. so it's just, yeah, um kind of turned that question into like a nader hate session, but i I agree. Yeah. I, I think uh I think for the most part though, the less we see Peyton, uh, the better for the Suns, and that's not a knock on him.
1: You know, when you said he's had a 39.7, what is that, effective? Uh, true shooting. True shooting. Yeah. Yeah, that's higher than I thought. I mean, I swear to God I haven't seen him make a basket this year.
0: Yeah. Me it's, either. It's, and I don't, I don't even do analytics. I, I'm not even going to lie. I'm that dude. I'm, I'm old dude. Get off my lawn. My eyes are analytics. He can't play right now. So I don't know what his true shooting, his false shooting. I know dude hasn't hit a shot, and he only hit one free throw. That means to me, go sit down on that other end of the bench next to the dude with the broad shoulders that should be playing football. Yeah. (laughs) Coach, what do you think?
2: Uh well, I think if Alfred, if we see him anymore in the lineup, as I mentioned with JaVale, I think you have to put Frank out there with him because Frank can actually stretch the floor a little bit and hit a three-point shot in a deep two. So um, I will say that. Uh, but early on, I, I will say, the, is the third string of the Suns the best third string in the association so far? Uh, One of them. It's I, the most I playable mean, for
3: sure. I exactly. Mean, they, they, get, like, they go in and do their job.
2: Yeah. Uh, I was like, Frank Kaminsky won't get minutes, but he's actually turning out playing pretty decently for expectations. Alfred, I was like, this is going to be just a nightmare. And no, he's actually doing all right. Now, I mean, the stats kind of will show different things, but I think for a third string, you look at some of the teams that just – Their second strengths aren't great, so no, I I think one of the strengths of the Suns will definitely be its depth this year. But, but call me, call me the contrarian, uh, Pyramid Poppy. I'd rather have him still getting minutes than uh, Alfred Payton. Um, I just think that Mm. Monty sees something in him. I I think he's a he, he, they're trying to develop him into an attacking wing. Uh, an aggressive attacking wing that can also hit threes. And so I think he's just forcing it too much early. And uh, I think they'll still continue to give him shots moving forward. Uh, or they won't, or they'll just Jalen Smith him and just pretend that, you know, they've got absolutely nothing with him trying to get rid of him. But...
3: I'd, I'd rather right, give that's... Chandler uh, Hutchison a, a shot. That's how Chandler. far gone I am on uh, Nader. I think that experiment or ish
1: Wainwright. The, the but I do agree.
3: He is what they need. They need someone that can get to the rim. <laughs> They need something that can get to the rim, which he can do. He just can't finish yeah. right now. So hopefully the yeah. slump can't get any worse, hopefully. Uh, but, yeah, it's been rough. The,
2: the, the highlight of the season for me for uh, Nader was um, when Aiton uh, was furious uh, fouling out uh, against the Rockets, and immediately Nader went and put his arm around him. And I just imagined that Aiton – here's Ayton, a guy that should be playing on a max contract, sitting down, frustrated, just fouled out, was having a solid game otherwise. And Nader, a guy – Barely making above above minimum, throws his arm around him. He's like, "Don't worry, buddy. It's gonna be okay." Like you expect the star to be like, "Get off me!" Like guy that barely plays, but no, Nader's part of the team. You know, he's like, "Hey, man, just relax. You'll be fine. We'll get him next game." So uh, he, he must be one of those good locker room influences too. That that's why Monty's like, you know, you're you're a good leader. So let's let's keep giving you opportunities.
1: All right, man. So we we have talked about the third string. I like how so says Jay. Does, do you know any other third strings outside of the sun? So yes, of course they're the best. Uh, but yeah, I think the suns do have a playable, we know our, we know the sun's prior iterations of third string uh, rotation players. And, and these guys are the best that we've seen in a long time. So no hate to Alfred Payton, but I, I prefer campaign and yeah, let's just do a little bit less of get, find someone to love you as much as Monty loves Del donator. I mean, come on. <laughs> That's 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 the that's everyone's goal in life. All right, uh, next segment we got baller talk. We have a couple of DA comments uh, from our ballers from our members on the YouTube channel. You guys, um, you got to follow up uh, and and watch. Sorry, the members on our YouTube channel. You guys have access to contribute to the show, contribute hot takes to the show. So if you get in there and watch for me asking for your hot takes, um, um, provide them to me. I got a couple that we didn't get to last week that I want to bring forward this week. There are a couple of DA oriented ones. Uh, Buckdog says the DA should be a top two option on offense, and the Suns need to figure out a way to make it happen, surrounding him with proper developmental talent, and adjusting the offense to incorporate it. There will be no repeat final, or there will be no repeat finals run. Iso ball and streaky three point shooter can, can only get you so far, and pay the man. Before the Sarver scandal cast an even more negative cloud on the franchise. Well, apparently it's Sarver who didn't want to pay the man. Like I've been telling people for weeks, people have said that James Jones said he didn't want to pay him. That's because James Jones was, was letting himself get hit by the bus. Um, it's Sarver who didn't want to pay Aiden. So I want to run it around the horn. We'll start with PLR. Should DA be a top two option on the offense?
0: Yes, we saw that uh, the other night or about a week ago, whenever it was, when he had a monster first half, took one shot in the second half, which was absolutely, astonishingly, astonishingly stupid. Uh, but I blame D.A. for some of that, too, a little bit. And I, And I'll say it like this. When you're a dominant big man, there are times when you have to come down court when you're hot and you have to clap your hands and look at your guard and say, I don't give a damn what else you do throw me the ball. And his personality doesn't do that. He just kind of goes with the flow. If you're giving it to him, he'll go with it. If you're not, you're not. Sometimes to be great and to make others great, you got to be a little selfish. And I don't think he's uh, matured into that yet or learned that yet. Because when you look at other other big men in the NBA, true big men, when Anthony Davis is cooking, before he gets hurt, you better give him the ball. When when <laughs> when when guys are cooking, they're demanding the ball. I have yet to see Aiden once come down court, demand the ball and not get it, and run down court and tap his point guard or book on the button and say, Come on now, you got you got to get it into me. I'm working this dude. I, I think it goes both ways. Yeah, he should be the number two scorer. That's a fact. But he also has to act like he wants to be. The number two scorer on the team, Coach. Let's go with you next.
2: Uh, no, I think P.L.R. PLR uh, nailed it again. I mean, it, it, watching uh, that the Rockets game, uh, the most recent one. I mean, just, uh, just what he he was making himself such a big window, and it didn't matter wh- whether he was fronted or if uh, the defender went to the back of him. And every time they did pass it to him, he he laid it in. It was it was an easy basket, or he was uh, getting hit hard and they just weren't calling it because they, they really pulled back on a lot of fouls. But uh, I think, I think you're right. It's, it's not really his personality. He's not going to be uh, the new shaktus, um in, uh, in the Valley. So he's not going to start uh, walking up to Chris Paul and put, putting his finger in his chest and say, you will drop the ball into me when I'm open that open again. But um, I think, I don't know, to me, I, I think I've seen a lot more verbal nonverbal cues this year of him, Demonstrating that, hey, like, don't just tell me to run out here and put a screen for you. Like, hey, I'm open now. Like, let me let's let's see it. And so I I think he's getting there, but he's 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 never going to be that guy. He's not going to be Joel Embiid. That's going to like, yeah, if the guys aren't passing it to me, we're going to lose type player. But um, so he's trending the right direction. I'd like to see it a little bit more though.
3: Yeah, uh, PLRR hit the nail on the head. I think he needs to be, but. Does he have the demeanor to do that on a consistent basis? Right now it's no. Um, Part of that is personnel. Part of that is just his unwillingness to put the ball on the floor. Like, I'm not saying he needs to bring the ball down the floor and dribble and, uh, you know, be honest. He just needs to do some, like, power dribble moves to either get to the line or finish through contact a little bit more often. Because right now he's just too reliant on others getting him the ball. Um, I would love to see him have one of those Andrew Bynum moments where he's just like, give me the effing ball like you could hear it on the mic'd up rim. Uh, I would love that, but he just doesn't have that. Um, there is a little bit more of a mean streak. Like, uh, you know, coach is saying we've seen more flashes of that, like that technically got against Houston. I love that. I would love to see him just, you know, start throwing guys to the ground, like nothing malicious or anything, but, um, if he can start to do that on a more consistent basis, and I think he will, he's still, you have to remember he's still 23. Bigs take longer. Um, and there's going to be a point where hopefully he turns that page, um, but, yeah, part of it is attitude. Part of it is, like, the team just needs to look for it more often. He needs to roll harder. And I think he has it in him to be the number two option. Um, him him, and Mikhail both uh, could kind of share those duties now. And I like that Chris Paul's kind of – it seems like he's taking a little bit of a backseat offensively and trying to get people more involved. He's leading the NBA in assists. He's not shooting as much. So I think he knows the future of this team has to be through, you know, Book, Aiden and Mikhail. So um, the consistency is the key.
1: Yeah, you know, you guys know where I stand on on DeAndre Aiden. I think he is in exactly the role he should be in right now. And the role I, role by that, I mean, uh, he is the third or fourth option on offense. I don't think he needs to be a bigger role on offense. I think he's right in that. Look, man, it's not about me getting my points. It's It's about the team winning games. And he is not the reason the teams have lost their games in the past couple of years. He's not the reason they lost their games even the first couple of years of his career. It's the rest of the team around him. Now, PLR, you're right. Does he need to, should he be more aggressive? Could he be more aggressive? Yes. Against the Rockets in particular in the first half, he was doing fadeaways against smaller guys when he really should have been just leaning up and in and over. That's what he was doing in the playoffs. (coughs) Playoffs DA is the exact perfect DA to win you multiple playoff series every year in that he did lean in and over the little guys. He did do exactly what he was supposed to do on the role. He was locked in hundred percent and aggressive. Did he still, did he suddenly become a Morris Stoudemire on dunks? No, but he doesn't need to be. I think he's in the exact role he needs to be for this team to win championships, to go deep in the playoffs every single year. And that's an excellent role. And it's, and it also is a max player role. DA's problem is that he's got the demeanor that makes you think he doesn't care. But show me a player who's done what he's done, especially defensively, especially absorbing contact on defense, especially going after all these things that uh, all the rebounds and, and, uh, and, and going after these guys on help defense and, and, Finishing when he gets the ball. He's one of the best finishers in the game. That guy cares. He just doesn't show it on his sleeves with a scowl and he lets people run over him personally, like, uh, you know, motivationally letting Robert Sarver, get away with the shit that we've heard that Robert Sarver gets away with him, running him down and yelling at him. And then uh, indirectly calling him a lazy guy and not wanting to pay him. DA deserves the respect. He does deserve the respect. He shouldn't have to demand it by being a punk to get it. And I, I feel like if he had CP3's mentality, he'd be Shaq. But he doesn't have CP3's mentality, and it's okay for him to not to have three PC CP3's mentality. All that's totally okay. So come on, give me, give me a freaking break. Um, uh, he doesn't need to be number two. He could be number two. He's got the talent to be number two. He's got the talent to be number one on offense. But do the Suns need that to win a championship? I don't think so. All right, the next question. Fallen Founder actually had a hot take. So I'm going to let you dig into this one. You had put this on the in the comments last week. Your take is that DA won't be traded. Now, there's a lot more information we know a week later, don't we, than we knew then. When Robert Sarver wants somebody out, that person gets out. When Robert Sarver doesn't respect a person, they get themselves out. We haven't seen it yet with DA. But if it's true that Robert Sarver called him a lazy guy and refused to close on the signing this past year, James Jones gives gives a whole lot of weight to James Jones saying, hey, man, uh, we didn't have any negotiations because they wouldn't come off a max deal. It could also be that James Jones didn't have any negotiations because Robert Sarver didn't want to have negotiations. Could also be that. So. Now that you know what you know this week, if Jalen Jones is or Jalen Rose is at all right that Robert Server didn't want to sign D.A. this offseason, do you think D.A. is going to be traded this year? Go, Coach. Uh,
2: it did change a little bit. Uh, is it more possible now than it was a week or so ago? Probably. Um, but, I mean, I think if James Jones is running the show and it's not Todd Packer making decisions, um and uh, and and saying weird things in the office place, then I, I think there's zero reason to trade D.A. The, the yeah. way I read the off the uh, negotiations was um, D.A. was OK last year. I mean, he was good, not great. Um, and so was he worth a full max? Not right away. And then we saw playoffs D.A. and we're like, wow, this guy is fantastic but we're going to need to see it again, like repeat that and then we'll pay you. And and we've got the right, you know, of well, first refusal. I mean, we can do the, um, we can make the yeah. offer and basically match everything and, and pay them more. So I, I viewed it much more as, just replicate it one more time and we will pay you, man, because, but you only, you did it once for us. You, 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 did like, you showed us what we really wanted, but just for the playoffs, can you show us that more? But I don't know what happened. It, like I, I think the sharks uh, taste a little blood in the water because, um, Sarver and, and company were just like, Oh yeah, no, what they, he wanted max. We're not ready to pay him max. And so every fan organization of every other team, every, uh, uh part, you know, Middling uh, executive in the GM offices around the league were like, maybe they want to trade Da. Maybe his trade value is terrible. We could offer you guys a second round pick and a you know terrible player for Da if you want to get him off your roster. I mean, uh, if you if you Google Aiton trade, the Heat think they can get him. The Knicks think they can get him. Like all these people really want him. And I was just blown away. I was like, this we're not trying to get rid of him, right? This is the most insane take ever that we're going to try and ship off somebody that is. Clearly our defensive anchor.
0: PLR. The only trade possibility for DeAndre Aiden is Carl Anthony Towns, and that would be a sign and trade. And you'd have to think that the only thing he's going to give you is a better shot because he's not better defensively because Carl Anthony Towns doesn't want to play defense. So if that's the trade you make, you're changing the whole look of your team. And I love Twitter. But like I forget who said it earlier, everyone should go to law school. Everyone should go to accounting and everyone should go to reality school. The number one pick of the draft, with the exception of Porzingis, or a first rounder, I should just say, that's gonna get paid. They do not leave unless they can orchestrate a trade where they can get their money on their second deal. DeAndre Aiden is not leaving all that money on the table. So let's forget that part right there because the sounds are like gonna match like you like you said, or they're going to trade. There's only one trade partner. That's it. There there are no more. You're not going to trade him for Ben Simmons. You're not going to trade him for anything that Miami has. I mean, it, Miami people kill me. They look at a roster that's gritty, and they think everybody wants everybody on that team. No, that team works because that team is put together like that. There's no one person on that team that you're trading DeAndre Aiden for. So I, I, I love trade, it uh,
1: You wouldn't swap. One on
0: one, if you could, Bam for no da, not even close. Wouldn't even think about it. It, it because what Bam does well may not necessarily fit here. Because have anyone just watched a Bam out of bio offensive tape for five minutes, and you're gonna be like, "Good God, n- is no. there five minutes worth?" Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so I love it. I, honestly, I, I I agree. I think this was a you had a good year. You had a great playoffs. Let's see if you bring that a full year. He's going to get maxed. It's, was the timing right the way the Suns did it? No. Was it, was it the right message to send? No. Is it going to happen? Yes. And when he gets his max money, he's going to say the same thing he said when he came to pre-draft workouts. This is a team I'm going to get drafted by. They're going to pick me, and I'm going to be here for a long time. And it's amazing how when that second contract is signed, Everyone forgets everything else because those deposits are going in twice a month. He'll be fine.
3: Sona, Yeah, I agree. I think he's going to stay here. I, it's hard to see him getting traded. Uh, you know, the only thing with Carl uh, Anthony Towns is obviously him and Booker are close. So that's the one thing that could lead to like, let's say they have a first round exit this year and just really disappoint in the playoffs or something. And Aiden's not happy about the contract. Maybe in the offseason we see something happen. Um, but during the season, I, I just don't see a trade happening. It wouldn't make sense to do that. You just went to the finals, uh, anchored by this guy defensively, and uh, the grass is always greener, right? Like some of these names being brought up, like they have their own issues. And uh, defensively, Aiton with this core makes the most sense of, of almost any big out there right now, uh, Gobert included. Like this is a guy that got, you know, played off of court against the Clippers. Uh, so, yeah, I think the Boston situation is also something to monitor, maybe like Tatum or Brown if one of those guys becomes available. But outside of that i just don't I just don't see it happening. I think uh, like PLR said, just the money talks, and once he gets that second contract, you know it'll cure cure all so I don't see him getting moved that second contract
1: man, people are still riding that one aren't they the all I want is a second contract in the n b a well, um you know if you look at Jalen Smith, um then <laughs> Maybe <laughs> you realize it is good to try to play for a second contract. All right. So um, my take, will DA be traded? I'm, I'm a little worried now. Should DA be traded? No. Is there a good trade out there that makes the Suns better overall? As And when I say better, what I think is funny is, is I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here. It's not going to take long, but I'm going to.
2: Dave freeze up.
3: It's like the rant is, is over. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now it was a great
0: rant. <laughs> well, he said it wouldn't take long. It didn't take long. <laughs> Five seconds start to end. <laughs>
2: oh, my. Well, l- l- let me ask you guys this uh, until Dave comes back. Uh, one possibility, uh, and if if only because I was reminded by my classic voodoo doll that I had to pick up when I was down in New Orleans is if the pelicans think it's time to move on from the zion experiment and that's a first and would you take zion uh, uh, back for da their salaries are close enough to where you could get away with it and uh i mean you would obviously have to start a different center but we'd have zion at the four then is that something you guys would think about
0: i wouldn't trade anything for zion williams Mm -hmm. nothing ever um his, and with me, it has nothing to do with talent. His lower body cannot support the weight of his upper body. So he will forever be injured, even when he's in perfect shape. Because last year, he only had about an 8% body fat, which is, isn't bad by the end of the year. The problem is he's so explosive and he lands so hard. And that frame is a lot coming down on, on, on that lower part of his body. I just don't think he will ever be a guy that's going to give you more than 70 games a year. Now, a lot of people say, oh, well, 70 games a year is fine. Well, yeah, but when do you get to 70? Do you get it at the start of the year? Or do you get it at the end of the year when you need it? So he's a guy as talented as he is. I just would never trade for him. Until he can prove maybe a season or two that he could stay healthy and play, you know, 78-plus games, I, I would never trade for him. Yeah, I think – uh
3: I would trade for him if the value was not what he's going to be worth, but I don't think that's not realistic. So given what you're probably going to have to give back to get him, I agree. I wouldn't trade for him. Uh, Just the injury front is just too much for me. And like, I just think the way uh, like the weight issue, uh, especially with like foot injuries and stuff like that, that's not going to go away until uh, it does. And I don't, I don't know. It's just a little too risky for a team that's trying to compete now. Um, Obviously in a perfect world, if he's healthy and, you're guaranteed. Obviously, he's he's one of the best players in the league, but uh, that that's a very big if. Uh, I think Brandon Ingram actually might be another guy that could be looked at in some trades. And uh, feel bad for Willie Green over there. He's going through through a lot in his first season.
2: Yeah, I, I just wonder uh, if Zion getting out of the Bayou and leaving uh, New Orleans. I don't know if you guys have been to New Orleans. All I can do is eat when I'm in New Orleans because the yeah. food is absolutely phenomenal. Um, very so, I, like it's 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 music it's drinking and it's food all the time everywhere that you go uh pretty much and so i could see how zion if he came to the desert he could sweat it out you know uh drop some of the weight and you know limber up a little bit but yeah, i think you're right that the knees uh, and the the waist would have some trouble oh <laughs> that was a great rant dave and and perfect uh, mark cuz we just you guys treated, heard all of it right we i totally agree for zion it's it's over we fixed the whole roster <laughs> jesus christ
1: Man, my power just went out in my house. The entire place went dark.
0: So the I guess went, the universe beautiful.
1: does not want to hear my rant. Did Robert Sarver get control over my power company?
0: No, you had to throw, he had to throw a quick 20 bucks on an SRPM power card. Pop it right in. Power came right back on. <laughs> wow.
1: Well, you know what? I lost my steam. Uh, I, I tried to start that rant. Now I don't even remember what the rant was going to be about. So it must not have been that. important. <laughs> wow. I'm glad it was you guys. I'm glad you guys were on there. Imagine if it was just me. In the middle of- <laughs> this- no, we,
3: We've just been sitting here waiting to hear the rant this whole time. It's been silence.
1: So. What was I going to what- say? I don't remember now. You know, I got so distracted by the fact that all the power was out and I had to wait for my internet to reboot. Um, yeah, no, I'm lost. So, Hey, we've been on here for almost an hour and a half. I appreciate everybody's time. I think at this point we should probably wrap it up. Everyone loves talking about this stuff. Um, let's go through. Let's go around the horn. We're going to do some parting words. You guys can say any anything you guys want to say. Um, PLR, we're going to start with you. Thank you so. Much. Tell us where we can find you, and what's your final thoughts on the show.
0: You can find me every day, Monday through Friday. That which I got to stop saying every day. You can find me Monday through Friday on The Cave Show, one o'clock uh, live. Just go to the sportscave.com. Cave is with the K. Hit that listen live button. We are on Spotify, iHeart, KSRN. We're all over the place. And um, I do Twitter. My Twitter is different, though, because if you follow The Sports Cave with the K on Twitter or the Instagram, it's nice. If you follow PLR on Sports on Twitter, you never know what I'm gonna say. I'm in a world war. I'm in a battle right now with Days of Our Lives, so that's a whole other
2: story. Yes, I
0: do watch Days of Our Lives, um, but the one thing <laughs> still, is
1: that still around.
0: <laughs> yes, it is, and I still watch it religiously. I DVR it, and I watch my Days of Our Lives every night that I come home. So that that's my guilty. That's my You've guilty been pleasure. It
1: long enough for the young people on the show to now be the grandparents.
0: Yes. Yeah, oh, they're, they're they're dying off on me left and right in real life. So having a hard time with that. But the one thing that I will say more than, more than anything is I, it has to do with the Suns and it has to do with ba- actual basketball and not the Sarver thing. I think there has to be a certain amount of patience. I think uh, it, the mentality has to switch. Uh, Jay Crowder said it earlier. Your mind has to switch from being the hunter to being the hunted. And I think it takes young teams – a little bit of time to understand that you know one in six rockets team they're going to play you different this year than they played you last year just because of who you are and what you've accomplished and i think once they mentally get to that point i still think this is a 55 win team i still think they'll be fine i still don't think there's anybody in the west as constructed uh pre trade that can beat them in a seven game series so i just told everyone be really patient watch this team grow, enjoy it, and all the other outside noise, let it go. Oh, and the Bulls are going to be a fourth seed.
1: Boo on that last comment. (laughs) Coach, tell us where we Uh, can find you and what are your parting thoughts today? Yeah.
0: Follow me on
2: Twitter at uh, Coach Fallen Founder. Um, uh, love the reference to uh, soap operas. Uh, PLR. Maybe we need to eat some pickled herring together and do other oh, old God. people type stuff because <laughs> I've not heard anyone <laughs> talk about Days of Our Lives. Oh, for the longest time. I mean, it, it sounds like my father always he always has to watch um, uh, The Price is Right every morning. Still, um, no, I think we, we have a, a good game coming up tonight against the Hawks. I'm very interested in checking that out. The Clint Capella. DA battle, uh, Trey Young against uh, Chris Paul. And uh, I think we're going to have some fun with it. So I'm excited. Uh, I think uh, the Suns are learning that it's not just about proving doubters wrong this season, it's now imposing your will. You got to where you got because you are talented. Now go out and punish people for it. They're not going to, you you don't get to um, shock teams anymore. Uh, The Rockets and the Pelicans, for example, Uh, They are just trying to play for their next contracts, really, and and to to develop their own skill sets. So you need to come out and embarrass them. Uh, The the Lakers, for example, think they can do that, and uh, they can't, as we just saw with the Thunder the other night. So there's some teams that can do it that have the potential to do it. We're seeing a couple good teams. I think uh, the Jazz are off to a a nice hot start for themselves. Um, The Suns need to replicate that. Um, We are we're, we're leaving the Lakers behind, and we're going to start seeing, I think, a Suns-Utah uh, battle kind of in the middle and later parts of the season. So check out the Suns. Uh, I'm predicting they win by – let's go with eight tonight and uh, that they pull away at the end.
1: All right, Zona, where can we find you, and what are your p- final thoughts?
2: Yeah, uh,
3: final thoughts, I'm not worried about this team either. Um, I mean, they're a half game back from the third seed in the West, all things considered. Like, it's it's going to be – they're gonna be fine. Uh, obviously, they're kind of playing down to their competition, which is normal for a team coming off like a finals run. They kind of have that hangover. Um, they used to be the team that was like the Rockets. I would get up for the Suns, so it's kind of cool that we're in that position now, where it's like these teams they're gonna give you your, your best shot. So, um, and they have that switch that they can kind of turn on, and just kind of Chris Paul just goes into like asshole mode. He's like, "We're not losing this team," and I love that. So, um, obviously, you don't want to make that a habit, and. Hopefully against a good Hawks team, like they they come out uh, locked in from the start. Because You know, uh, if they don't, they're going to torch them. So, um, you know, looking forward to this game tonight. And I I always feel better when they play against good teams, just because I feel like they play to their competition more often than not. So uh, this should be a fun one.
1: Yeah, it should definitely be a fun one. Um, And they can find you at Zona Hoops underscore. And I'm not going to do the ESPO thing to tell you what the underscore is for. You guys can figure that out for yourself. Still trying to get the uh,
3: Zona hoops, but someone has it from like two thousand ten. That's never tweeted before, so it's seriously, yeah, it's it's terrible.
1: <laughs> you should you should DM them and see if they'll uh, sell it to you. Uh, so uh, you are right, uh, Zona. That was a good point that the Suns have gone on some runs uh, in the last three games. They've gone a, on a fifty to twelve run against the Cavaliers a 31 to 11 run versus the Pelicans and a 40 to 19 run against the Rockets to take control of those three games. Those are against all bad teams. The Suns are finally playing another good team tonight. Uh, I, I really do think that the Suns are going to show up against the Hawks uh, coming up. And then they have a rematch against the Kings who they beat. I appreciate. Sure, yeah. They beat earlier this year and then uh, they've got Portland on Wednesday and then they have Memphis on Friday. Um, so I, I, think it's going to be a big week for the Suns. I feel like they're going to win three of those games. Uh, I think they're starting to get their wind. And I believe that campaign is, is coming back pretty soon. I think he gave us a hint when he said he woke up feeling really good yesterday. I think that gave, he gave us the hint that he's going to be playing again. So, and blaze as a parting thought to wrap all the show, the entire show into one, one comment on the YouTube chat, blaze Megatron. I, for one, am looking forward to pantsing the Hawks. Yes. So what a certain person will be sitting in the corner watching the game unfold. So uh, congratulations, everybody. Thank you for joining the show. Congratulations to all you folks in the show who have not given up on the Suns, despite uh, what you've heard about the owner. We'll let it all play out. And in the meantime, we're going to watch a good team play basketball. I'm Dave King NBA. I'm at Dave King NBA. I am just Dave King. I don't actually go around my life saying, My name is Dave King MBA. How are you? Hello. My name is Dave. Uh, No. So I I am at Dave King MBA on Twitter. You can find me and Zona's writing on brightsideofthesun.com. You can also find Zona at zonahoops.com. All right, folks. So please go to the podcast feed. Follow that. we got some great shows midweek that we do. And uh, in the meantime... We'll see you next Saturday and we'll recap how the Suns have done after four more games. They got four four games this week. Have a great Saturday everybody. Thanks for coming.